Good morning, everyone, and welcome to As One at Ten. I wonder as we come to the end of the summer and move into a new term, whether you feel at peace about the weeks ahead or fearful. There's no question it's a challenging time for all of us, especially with restrictions and regulations around the virus changing daily. I seem to find myself going up and down. There are times when I look back and I can see very clearly God's hand, powerfully at work in the months past, how he's helped me and my family and us as a church family through such a difficult time. But then there are times over the last six months when I felt fearful. And as we arrive in September, some of those fears continue to raise their heads. Will we have another spike? Will we be wearing masks and social distancing for months and months to come? Will my elderly parents catch the virus? Or will I, and then pass it on to those I love? As Tim comes to talk to us this morning about fear, I'm reminded of the first verse of Psalm 112, which says this, Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord and who find great delight in his commands. For me, it's wonderful to be reminded to fear the Lord and no one else to fear him and respect him in awe because he's completely loving and completely good. You see, nothing compares to him and to his might and nothing can thwart his promises or his plans. He's got this. He's got these next few months. He's got this as we seek to regather as a church family next week for prayer and worship and his, to listen to his word. He's got this as our children head off to school or to university again. And as we begin to find ways for our children's work to gather and happen again at church. He's got you and I lovingly held in the palm of his hand. And the more I read his word, the more I'm reminded of this. And the more I pray that I will fear the Lord and no one else. Let's pray. Father, we pray this morning as we come to you that we might be not only lovingly rebuked for the times when we've let our fears of the world take over, but also encouraged and reminded of the wonder of your love for us, that you are the keeper of all promises, that you are always and forever trustworthy and always to be feared. Praise the Lord. Amen. Good morning. Today's reading is from Exodus chapter 1, verses 18 to 22. Then a new king, to whom Joseph meant nothing, came to power in Egypt. Look, he said to his people, the Israelites have become far too numerous for us. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them, or they will become even more numerous. And if war breaks out, we'll join our enemies, fight against us, and leave the country. So they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labour, and they built Pithom and Ramesses as store cities for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. So the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites and worked them ruthlessly. They made their lives bitter with harsh labour in brick and mortar and with all kinds of work in the fields. In all their harsh labour, the Egyptians worked them ruthlessly. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives who named with Shifra and Pua, when you are helping the Hebrew women during childbirth on the delivery stool, if you see that the baby is a boy, kill him. But if it is a girl, let her live. The midwives, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. 
Then the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, Why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live? The midwives answered Pharaoh, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They are vigorous and give birth before the midwives arrive. So God was kind to the midwives, and the people increased and became even more numerous. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. Then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people. Every Hebrew boy that is born, you must throw into the Nile, but let every girl live. Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 to 4. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will, will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead. Since you are precious and honoured in my sight, and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Well, good morning this morning. We're really glad that you've taken time to join us. I recently read an article about how people are less happy today than at any time during the last 50 years. Surveys suggest that we're more fearful, we're more anxious about our futures than we have been over the decades. And certainly the COVID-19 pandemic has created even a higher level of fearfulness and anxiety about our health, about our futures, about our neighbours, our relatives and our friends. But one other reason why we have such high levels of fear regarding our future is that according to the surveys, we've lost trust in the leaders in our society. Trust in our family leaders, trust in our na nation's leaders, in our councils, in our politicians and in our work leaders. We don't trust and protect us and we feel like we're trying to navigate this dark world all on our own. Last year, I asked the staff team to bring words, pictures and scriptures to us to say, what is God saying to us as a church? And it was Janet who simply brought two words for us as a church. Fear not. Fear not. The words fear not and don't be afraid appear so many times throughout scripture as God calls his people not to be consumed by fear in this world. And actually the reality is there are many reasons to be fearful. But why does God say that? Because he doesn't want us to waste our lives being concerned about futures that may never occur and being fruitless when actually he's called us into a life that he's prepared for us. But why is that so difficult for each one of us this morning? You know, Christians believe we live in a broken and fallen world. Creation is groaning and the darkness, evil, is very real and present. We can't deny the fact that over 40,000 deaths from COVID-19 is agony in our culture and in our country. We see stories again and again of how people treat each other appallingly and do it regularly. We also know that there are no guarantees that either financially or health or romance will go the way that we think each one of us are entitled to and deserve. 
so with this this autumn we're going to be spending time looking at the book of Exodus I'm going to discover again and again how God calls his people to into a place of relationship when he's full a world full of threats threats that come from outside threats that come from inside threats from powerful enemies from drought from famine from exhaustion from selfishness and pride the dangers are real but God calls them to trust him even in that place of danger and ultimately God calls his people from slavery to freedom we joined the beginning of our story this morning as the Israelites were in Egypt and a new king has arisen over Egypt who didn't know Joseph and the story that's recounted in Genesis. The Israelites are growing in number and fear is growing among the Egyptians about if the Israelites are too big in their society and that they could turn and join forces with their enemies and overcome them or that they could leave and damage them economically full of fear. The Egyptians continue to oppress the Israelites with hard labour, back-breaking hard labour. They're unjust, they're oppressed. And actually the more that the Egyptians oppress the Israelites, the greater in number the Israelites seem to grow. And the, the Egyptians get more full of fear and their behaviour worsens, is driven by this fear and this anxiety. Do you know, and across the globe, we see that same pattern of behaviour today. That pattern of fear, that pattern of abuse of power, that pattern of oppression of those who are different to us and we, people we would seek to dehumanise. So we oppress them, we kill them, people who are different to us. Things worsen and what we find is these two female Hebrew midwives, Shifra and Puah, who ordered to kill any baby boys that are born, yet these two godly women have a reverent fear for God and disobey the rulers of Egypt. This is one of the first recorded acts of civil disobedience. Shifra and Puah are two midwives simply doing their jobs. And all of us are going to spend time on our week-by-week -week basis making decisions and choices about who to serve, who to trust, who to obey and what to do. And will I draw back in, will I draw back in fear or will I continue to walk forward in faith, not compromising, stepping into the life God's called me to? Shifra and Pua are taking huge risks in resisting evil and putting God first. My wife, uh, Joe's um, late uncle, loved to do family research and history. And a few years ago, he published a book around one of his ancestors who was a fisherman in the late 19th century on the Isle of Man. Fishing over a hundred years ago was an even more dangerous and treacherous job than it is today. The ferocity and unpredictability of the weather the no modern technology, no engines, no weather forecast to in the same way. The fragility of the economy around fish. But what did he call his boat that he fished in on the Isle of Man? Fear not, that's what he called it. Fear not. You know, and the thing this morning is this, if all there is in this world is the natural world and our gifts and abilities, 
then there are lots of reasons to fear. We know that through experience. But if the loving creator of the universe has our lives in his hands and his presence in our lives, then genuinely there is nothing to fear. And fear has no need to control us. Why? Because God's perfect love drives out all fear. This morning, is St Swithin's a fear not family? How can you help others move from fear to faith? How can you help others live like that? In an increasingly secular society, followers of Jesus are going to find things tough, but there have been hard times before. Christians have faced huge obstacles, and yet the gospel has ultimately triumphed. I think back in the early 1700s, before the Great Awakening through Wesley and Whitfield, and this is what one writer said about society before that time. In 1660, in the violent rejection of the Puritans that accompanied the restoration of the English monarchy, much of the nation threw off restraints and plunged into godlessness, drunkenness, immorality and gambling. The gin craze began in 1689 and within a generation, every sixth house in London became a gin shop. The poor were unspeakably wretched. There were 160, over 160 crimes in which people could be killed through the death penalty. Gin made people what they were never before, cruel and inhuman. Signs over the gin shops read, drunk for one shilling, dead drunk for two shillings, free straw. And then God got a hold of his church and the whole country and community changed. Schools were started, hospitals and orphanages were created. Reforms took place in prisons, in the child labour laws and in housing. The whole country changed by God getting a hold of his church. This morning, Shifra and Pua point us again to God, to trusting him to honouring him at the beginning of this new term and of this season. In spite of all the dangers we face, will you affirm afresh your faith in God this morning? Will you acknowledge before him the very real fears that consume your light, that prevent you living the way God wants you to? Will you place them in his hands? You see, through the lens of fear, our future looks bleak and we're full of grumbling and complaining. But through the eyes of faith, the future looks bright, our problems look surmountable, and we're thankful for God's provision in our lives. Lord, let faith arise this morning. Help us to journey and to make the shift from fear to faith. As a person this morning, as a church and as a city, you know, St Swithin's has a great future if the presence of God is, stays with us. If we continue to commit to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, we can face the future with faith rather than fear. So let's pray. I'm just going to take a moment uh, of quiet and just ask the Holy Spirit to um, fall afresh, to wait on God and ask him to show you what you need to do in your life this morning. It's going to take, you know, 30 seconds of quiet and then I'm going to pray.
Loving Heavenly Father, thank you that you pour your grace and your love out afresh upon us. We recognise our brokenness, our fearfulness and our weakness. And we lay afresh before you the very real fears of our lives. Would we lay them afresh at the foot of your cross? We take them afresh to your cross and would we exchange them, those fears for faith and for faith grow where fear is left and broken at the foot of your cross? Fall afresh upon us, I pray. Empower us to live for you this week. In Jesus' name, amen.